Hello and welcome to Imagine America Radio, a service of the Imagine America Foundation and Imagine America Publishing Company. My name is Bob Martin. I'm the president and CEO of Imagine America Foundation. In the last 20 years, Imagine America has provided scholarship support and tuition assistance to students attending career colleges all across this country. The purpose of this podcast is to promote technical and career education and to inform the public of career opportunities that are not just in high demand, but essential to the American workforce. We hope you will enjoy today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by StoryLift. If your school's looking to boost enrollments, StoryLift is your solution. StoryLift goes beyond simply targeting demographics and behaviors by harnessing the power of social and digital media to reach potential students with more precision. With StoryLift, you get many unique benefits, but their targeting capabilities are what truly differentiate them from others. Unlike traditional PPL methods, StoryLift generates leads exclusively for your school. Their specialized targeting capabilities allow them to reach a new and relatively untouched pool of candidates, which helps to avoid marketing overlap. By engaging with audiences based on how they think and feel, StoryLift delivers quality leads at competitive rates. To learn more, visit StoryLift.com. So let's get to our next guest. Hello and welcome to our third episode of our Nursing Career Series on Imagine America Radio, where we specifically focus on nursing careers. Joining us today is Jim Beloga, President and CEO of Porter and Chester Institute and YTI Career Institute. Porter and Chester has nine campuses throughout Connecticut and Massachusetts, while YTI Career Institute has campuses in Altoona, Lancaster, and New York, Pennsylvania. These campuses have been educating tomorrow's workforce since 1946 and are accredited by the Association of Career Schools and Colleges. Porter and Chester trains its students to enter the workforce in the transportation industry, featuring Porter and Chester's automotive technology program, the healthcare industry, featuring Porter and Chester's medical assisting, dental assisting, medical billing and coding, practical nursing, respiratory therapy, veterinary technician, health information management, expanded function dental assistant program, and cosmetology program, as well as the skilled trade sector featuring Porter and Chester's HVAC and refrigeration, plumbing, electronics, and electrician programs, and the technology sector featuring Porter and Chester's computer networking technician and computer-aided drafting and design, along with computer data management, as well as uh, business operations programs. Hey, Jim, we really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Hey, Jim, today we want to talk about practical nursing. Can we start off with, with you explaining for our, for our audience what practical nursing is and maybe how it might differentiate a little bit from a registered nurse? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think uh, you know, probably the easiest way to uh, talk about um, maybe starting with registered nursing first is that you know, one of, I think one of the main things that um, a registered nurse will do that may, a practical nurse won't do is they, they generally tend to carry out more assessments and make more decisions before really seeking um, the support of a, of a supervisor, whether uh, it's a higher a nursing professional and or a doctor. And um, a, uh, a, a, a licensed practical nurse uh, generally will report to a registered nurse. Most practical nurses, you know, in the country are generally going to be working in a, a long-term care facility, also known as a nursing home. 
uh, there are the use of uh, licensed practical nurses in hospital settings, but that's really a state-by-state -state situation. So depending on the state that you might live in, that, that state would dictate how a uh, licensed practical nurse might uh, work in a healthcare setting. All right. Now, uh, now that we have a better idea of what uh, the difference between a practical nurse and a registered nurse, can you tell us a little bit about what a practical nursing program entails, the education side of how practical nursing, just describe a little bit about what the education for that looks like and maybe how that compares to RN. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, and we could probably go into the duties as well, and you know, maybe in the next yeah. question, but, but um, generally speaking, uh, a practical nursing program is um, again, it's state, it's determined. Uh, the uh, educational requirements are determined on a state by state basis, and and uh, most states are generally uh, going to be somewhere between on the low end, a thousand um, hours of education, up to as much as uh, maybe fifteen hundred hours of education, and generally that's split up um, uh, between didactic um, or think about it of lecture and 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 um, lecture you know lecture activities and other lab activities. Uh, and then the, the remaining half being direct patient care hours, where you'll actually go into a live uh, clinical environment um, and work um, under a, um, a, an RN uh, uh, or above and, um, and, and actually interact with, uh, with the patients. Um, most uh, practical nursing programs are generally going to be able to be completed in you know, anywhere between, um, I would say, 10 months to 12 months on the low end, you know, probably up to 15 to 18 months on the high end. And, you know, that student will um, end up with a, a post-secondary diploma, or some folks might call it a certificate, you know, versus a, an RN. Most RN programs uh, um, are, are generally today BSN programs, meaning that you would spend four years in school. There, there are still, uh, in some states, the ability to uh, get a, a, a two-year RN uh, program, uh, but um, you know many of those those opportunities are are, are slowly uh, winnowing away. So that's you know that's really the difference. I mean, the difference really being um, a practical nursing program, something that your listeners should think about getting done in sort of a year, you know, sort of a year to year and a half time, you know, versus an RN um, having to more likely than not um, spend uh, two two to four years. Um, getting that, uh, you know, that credential. So Jim, you, 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 you've gone through, you've identified the school, you've, you've gone through the program, you've done your 10 to 12, or you said maybe 15 months on the high end. Yeah. Tell me what they're going to do. What, 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 what are they going to do when they walk out of Porter and Chester or YTI? Where are they going to go and what are they going to be doing? Yeah. So most, in many states, practical nurses have to then sit for, uh, once they complete their education, they've got to then sit for uh, the NASA, the, the NCLEX exam. Um, so that's the national uh, licensure exam so that they can then actually practice in, in a healthcare setting. And like I said, uh, most before most of these practical nurses will end up um, in a, a long-term care facility caring for elderly individuals. And um, they will generally work under the direction and supervision of an RN. And so, um, you know, typical LPN duties and I'll just, I'll sort of just rattle off uh, a number of things that an LPN would do. And um, so, um, and, and uh, this list is in no, no particular order, but um, they'll administer, uh, they'll administer, you know, oral, rectal, uh, topical medications. In some states, they can actually administer, you know, IV medications. They monitor uh, IV sites. They perform physical assessments. They document those assessments in medical records. 
Uh, they'll take vital signs and measure vital signs. They'll be involved in transferring patients in and out of bed. Um, they'll help with, um, you know, the feeding and dressing and helping perform hygiene with the patients. They'll be involved in changing of any um, wound dressings. Again, they'll be involved in the collection of any, any type of uh, specimen, whether it's, uh, you know, blood or stool or urine. And uh, in, in, in some areas, they might get involved with catheters. So again, be involved potentially with um, kidney dialysis. And that's, again, state dependent. Um, they may uh, be involved with... Um, uh, assisting patients with ventilators and, uh, uh, you know, tracheotomy tubes. And then, and then really, um, you know, monitoring patients, you know, daily, on a daily basis, as well as long-term uh, documenting those results. Um, you know, again, recognizing any changes in, in patients' behaviors and uh, bringing in, you know, higher up medical professionals, you know, all the way up to a physician, you know, and again, They'll be called on to perform emergency CPR if that, if that is needed. You know, they'll work uh, hand in hand with a uh, registered nurse in terms of executing the nursing plans um, that are generally put together by the RNs. And um, they will also assist in uh, managing the staff in a, in a nursing home facility. So, you know, those generally tend to be the duties. And so they're, you know, they're heavily involved in the, um, you know, the daily activities, you know, of a patient in terms of helping them go through those normal activities. Uh, and so that's really, you know, the, the main goal uh, for, for, you know, a, uh, a practical nurse or a licensed practical nurse, you know, and in some cases um, they will be involved in, you know, also passing medication. And so, um, you know, so again, um, they're really the, the, the frontline, I would say the frontline uh, support or advocate for, you know, for that patient and making that connection, you know, to that, um, uh, registered nurse or that RN who, who they'll be reporting to. Gotcha. All right, Jim. Now on this podcast, we talk a lot about the demand for nurses and I don't think it's any secret that this we're in high demand for nurses right now in this country, but would you say that now may be a good time to get into nursing because of the demand? And what would you say to someone who is a little unsure if this career would be a good fit for them? Or in other words, um, they've always thought about being a nurse, they've always wanted to help people, but just aren't quite sure if now is the best time. How would you go about assessing if this is the right career fit for you? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, nurses are, um, are really, I think, special people. Um, you know, they, they, they've been on the front line for the, you know, the last, you know, 18, yeah. 18, you know, 20 months, you know, during COVID and COVID continues. So, you know, so again, I think that, um, uh, you know, what we see um, in our practical nurses is that they're folks who, you know, aren't, aren't afraid of a challenge. They, uh, they, you know, they're generally the first ones to, to sort of rush in and help, uh, help folks out. And, um, you know, again, I think um, it, for, for, you know, for our successful nurses, I think they truly care, you know, they truly care about patients and people and wanting to help them. And, um, you know, I think that, you um, you know, a lot of nurses have gone, you know, during the pandemic have gone above and beyond the call of duty, you know, and, and so, so as it relates to um, opportunities right now for nursing students, you know, I would tell you that there's no better time than right now to go into the profession. Um, the profession itself is in, is really, you know, in, in, in a place where they, uh, they desperately need uh, new nursing, you know, talent coming into um, the workforce um, because again, you know, I, I think that we all have to recognize that, you know, during the course, the course of COVID, um, you know, there have been, you know, nurses who've passed from COVID, 
Um, there have been, you know, nurses who um, have retired because of having uh, pre-existing conditions that that preclude them from working, you know, in, in a COVID environment, you know, and, and I think that there, there are, there are nurses as well that um, I think just are physically and mentally burnt out uh, mm -hmm. because of the demands of COVID. Prior to COVID, there was a nursing shortage in the country. COVID, I think, just exacerbated it. So, um, you know, I think that at this point, it's a great time. There's uh, getting through your education is is uh, is not an easy uh, process. I mean, you know, a practical nursing program, you know, yeah. is is very involved, and um, and I would say that uh, you know, then sitting for the NCLEX test is is obviously required. And uh, but I would say on the other side, it's um, there's a, a tremendous um, opportunity for um, a, a practical nursing student to become a licensed practical nurse and to be gainfully employed um, upon passing their, um, their NCLEX exam. So right. it's, um, it's a tremendous time, I think, uh, to go into the profession. And, um, and, and I would say that um, there's been a lot of innovation that's taking place in healthcare right now as well. Again, I think it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a super time to, to pursue nursing. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm glad that we have schools like yours, like Porter and Chester and YTI that can quickly turn around students and uh, educate them to be able to enter the workforce uh, in a time like this where we need as many people as possible all hands on deck. So really appreciate what you guys are doing and just commend Porter and Chester for everything that you do. Um, now, let's assume that I'm listening to this episode in this podcast and talking about schools. What should I be looking for in a practical nursing program? You know, should I look for a school that offers accreditation? Uh, is relationship with employers something that I should be looking at? You know, what are some things, class flexibility maybe, uh, that I should be looking at? What are some things that I should be looking at as a student considering going into this program? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, uh, one of the things that I think, you know, makes us unique is, again, in our, in, in the state, you know, Connecticut, where we offer our practical nursing program, and it's 1,500, uh, the requirement is at least 1,500 hours. And so, um, you know, I would, um, again, I think uh, for any, any, uh, any school, I, I think accreditation is important. Um, you know, we're, we're nationally accredited. You know, that affords students the opportunity to participate. Uh, it, 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 it affords us the opportunity to participate in the federal student aid program. Uh, obviously, you know, financial aid is available to those who qualify. So, you know, that's, that's, that's uh, you know, one of the first steps is in making sure you can afford to go to school. And what I would say is, you know, look for programs that, you know, are relatively short in length. And, and I would say also look for programs that, you know, have some flexibility. So, uh, you know, if the program, you know, is a hybrid program, you know, I think that's, you know, that uh, itself is provide some flexibility, time of day flexibility for folks. But again, I mean, if the program is, you know, uh, 100% residential, I mean, you have to build your life around, uh, around your education. So, you know, I would uh, simply encourage folks that, um, you, you, you know, the program itself is difficult um, in terms of the time commitment and the amount of work that you have to do. So students really have to get their lives in order and get their you know, families on board and their other support member support systems on, on board. Um, you know, and we generally encourage students that, you know, if they're working full time that, you know, they, they probably ought to cut back um, because the program is going to require um, an extensive amount of work, uh, homework, study time and preparation. Um, and then, um, you know, again, I think that uh, um, uh, for, for most, um, you know, most students today, I, I think there's a tremendous need on the employment side. So, you know, again, um, having a conversation, you know, whether it's through text or email or a phone call um, with, a, with a school, 
um, you know, to make sure that, uh, you know, you understand where, where some of the graduates are going to work, um, you know, would be helpful if, you, or if there's a place that you um, have some interest in working at, you know, just inquiring of the school um, to see if they have a relationship there. And if, mm -hmm. if they don't, um, you know, many of the schools, you know, are pretty um, um, uh, progressive in the sense that they'll reach out to that employer and uh, develop a relationship for that student or, um, you know, as a student progresses through time, you know, possibly have a virtual career fair or, or some other event where, um, you know, that that uh, interaction can occur. You know, Jim, uh, this is Bob. Um, there's so much in there's so many things in, in, in that what you talked about. But I want to go back to this one thing, just to make sure that, I, that I'm summarizing properly. The kind of person that is good for this particular type of program, as I heard you say, I think I don't want to put words in your mouth, pretty smart. Um, or, or at least has the ability to analyze uh, pretty good communication skills, meaning that they can talk to other people, whether it's physicians or, or other clinicians or, or, their, or whatever, talk to patients. Because many times aren't sure people, the kind of the, the translator for the patient. In other words, what did this doctor just say to me and how does, what's gonna happen now? They gotta be have really good, very energetic, meaning that you got so many things going on, you're running around these, these floors all doing all kinds of stuff. And then I hear a caring, compassionate person. And I hear that we hear that over and over and over. Yeah. Is that I'm going into it because I want to help people. I, I want to be around those kinds of people. I want to have those kinds of challenges. Would those be four or three or four things that you would be comfortable with? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think you know, folks go into healthcare because they want to help people. You know, they care about people. They're empathetic. Um, you know, they. You know, and I and I. So I think that that's you know a uh, an intrinsic quality of that that individual. Um, and and I, and I would say that um, you know again, you know, these programs generally are you know a, a bit more academically rigorous. So you know, I I would simply suggest that you've got to have some interest in um, in science. And, um, you know, and, and in the body, uh, in all the body systems, um, you know, and so you've got to have some interest, you know, there as well. Um, you know, and, and, and then lastly, I think, you know, um, uh, you know, I think a lot of these folks are, you know, are also, you know, very courageous in, in, in the sense that, um, um, you know, they're, they're the ones who, you know, are instinctly, you know, getting involved when someone, yeah. you know, yeah. get hurt, you know, yeah. so. Um, so, and again, I think the communication piece is, you know, something, you know, every, you know, every, um, you know, every person needs to work on. So, yeah. you know, and I think that, um, you know, the, um, you know, that, that practical nurse is, is really, you know, monitoring, you know, the daily, the daily living activities, mm -hmm. you know, of the patient and, um, you know, and obviously communicating them to the appropriate, yep. um, you know, healthcare, um, uh, professional that, that, that is above them whether it's an RN or, or a physician. So, yeah, so I think, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that, um, you know, those are the things that I would, um, you know, sort of suggest, you know, as, as listeners are um, sort of hearing this, uh, this podcast and, you know, as they're sort of reflecting themselves, you know, is this, is this sort of what, what um, I'm made of and mm -hmm. I would be interested in. And I would say that, uh, you know, it's a, it, again, it's, it's a profession that, um, you know, has been around a long time and, you know, and I think that's a profession that's, uh, you know, really, really, you know, needed. Um, and uh, I think it's, it's, it's again, in, in every 
Um, I think in every state in the country, you know, if you look at just the population <clears throat> and the aging demographics of the country, you know, the requirements for practical nurses is just going to continue yeah. to be um, very robust. You know, so I think that, uh, you know, from an employment point of view, you know, there's some folks who, who are going to be very happy uh, being, you know, a licensed practical nurse throughout their career. You know, there's, uh, we do see other students who, you know, they use it as a stepping stone yeah. and, um, you know, they start out as a, as an LPN and they might decide to go become an RN, you know, down the road. Um, but again, you know, I think they, um, they can really um, hone their, their basic nursing skills, you know, starting in a practical nursing uh, program and then, and then going into the, um, into the field itself and, um, you know, really taking the time to, to get, um, you know, I think high quality, um, you know, basic nursing skills um, under the belt. Hey, Jim, would it be fair to say it's a really good opportunity for this particular type of person to kind of stick their toe in the water, get a chance to get exposed to it, and if they like it, and if they, and if they if they're acclimated to it, and it works, then you got you got a really nice stepping stone to something else yeah. in your career. That's going to get you opportunities. We haven't even talked about that. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Every region of the country demands these yeah. sorts of people. Yeah. I mean, they're all over. I mean, yeah. but I think the important thing of Porter and Chester and YTI, in my my opinion, is is also a student to be looking at really good uh, regional or national reputation. Are the kids coming in? Are they getting prepared? And are they are they moving off into meaningful employment? Because at the end of the day mom and dad or their significant other, it's all about ROI, right? It's all about right. how long is it going to take me? What am right. I going to get? And, and what can I expect? And the second thing, why is this accreditation thing really, really important? It's important because it drives your ability of the student to be able to qualify for any federal financial aid that they may, may need to go through. And then flexible programs and start that absolutely critical nowadays with COVID and nobody, very few people want to go and sit in classes all day. Right. They want right. to, they want to get, give me that stuff now and I'll come in and I'll talk to your people, but let's do it in a little bit different. And then the employer relationships, where am I going to go when mom and dad sit there and they say, okay, I get it. Betty's going to, Betsy's going to go through this or Lee's going to go through this work and he's going to end up, he's going to get a really good opportunity to work in a doctor's office in a clinic, clinical situation, a nursing home situation, or a hospital, right? Jobs are there. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, I know. Absolutely. I think, I think you've summarized it. Great. Well, you want to give us the 30-second uh, uh, www, and where do, where, do, where, do, where do you want the people to go if they're interested in Porter and Chester or YTI? Yeah, so for those, for those folks who, who are listening to the podcast who do have some interest in pursuing practical nursing or any of our uh, other programs, um, I would encourage them to go to www.porterchester.edu uh, or they can check out uh, www.yti.edu as well. Yeah, great. Hey, this Correct. has been a great session, Jim. It's, it's really always, it's always great having you on as a guest. Uh, we, we really enjoy our partnership with Porter and Chester and YTI. This has uh, been a great episode on Imagine America Radio and hope that you'll take the opportunity to contact Jim Porter and Chester if you're in that area and you're interested. Thank you all and have a great day. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Imagine America Radio. We hope you found it informative. For more information about future episodes and the Imagine America Foundation, you can go to our website, imagine-america.org forward slash podcast to subscribe 
to future podcasts and to get information on the many programs offered by the Imagine America Foundation and Imagine America Publishing. Please subscribe today so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. For now, thank you very much for joining us and best wishes.